0: Well, I'm here with Amina Matthews. She's a mother and wife, and she's dedicated her life and career as a community activist for peace building and social change. Growing up in one of the toughest neighborhoods in Chicago, she was raised by her single grandmother. But I don't want to do too much to introduce you, Amina, because I just came from listening to your talk.
1: Oh, you were there. Yes. Yes.
0: And the young people, and I'm sure the others as well, were very inspired, and Mm. I was very inspired. Thank you very much. I think violence is a fundamental subject we need to talk about. Absolutely. So my first question to you is, What do you think is the root of violence?
1: Well, you know, it's so... um, It's such a... so Violence is, is, is very delicate to try to figure out where, why, when, and how. But what I do know is violence is a learned behavior. You know, you're not born with violence in your DNA. Now, there's some, you know, issues that, um, like I have a a daughter that has cerebral palsy. And when she was growing up, and she could not communicate to me like she wanted to, she would pull her hair out. So, um, but we had to change that to let her know that, no, we don't, Pull our hair out. What is it that you want? Point to it. Show me what it is that you want. So violence is learned behavior. What I feel, because this is just, you know, my opinion on things, and it is a very important issue that we must discuss. It is a world issue. It is a nation issue. It is a city issue. It is a community issue. And it is a family issue. Mm-hmm. So um, when we look at violence of a certain area or city or state, it's always been, been violent. You know, We've always understood organized crime. To me, what's so paralyzing about the violence is that the perpetrators and the victims are so much younger. That's, to me, what's so stagnating. As well as in Chicago, it's African Americans killing African Americans. And so, for me, it's just an issue that we have to talk about. We do. We have to talk about it. We have to continue to talk about it. So what about this cycle that
0: I'm very interested in, which is the victim-perpetrator-perpetrator-victim cycle? So people who are victimized are needing to victimize others so that they can regain some of the power that's lost?
1: Well, we call that retaliation in some issues. Um, We call that redeeming someone's honor. We call that sending a message, possibly, to someone. Um, My goal as a violence interrupter is to stop the violence on the front end When we first hear about an issue, there's some things that's spontaneous, you know, that that we may not catch on the front end. It's also my goal, if we don't catch it on the front end, to go around the back end, to stop the retaliation, to let it be known that, yes, that family is hurting. Now, you're going to mess around, and your family's going to be hurting, because... You kill someone, that family that is losing their loved one is just not the only family that's traumatized. Now we have to deal with a family that loved one has gone away forever for murder. And they may have have children that they're leaving behind, or they may be the only child, or there's you know, a different facet of whatever may be going on. Um... But we work very hard to stop the retaliations on the front end.
0: Are African Americans killing each other at a greater rate than pale people are?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Why is that? You know, um, personally, since you asked me that question, personally, I think that we were Historically trained to be against each other. From even back when we, before slavery times, well, as slavery times, as they were, our families were brought over to the plantation to establish a better life for uh, their families, even in slavery times, you know. That there's the the African-American that may be in the house opposed to the one that be in the field to play each other against one another. Um, They haven't been trained to kill white people. And if there was, to me, I feel that this is a form of genocide, to me, since you asked me the question. I feel that it's a form, another form and another way of genocide to kill and to set up division and to get rid of African-Americans. So when you look at in Chicago, I don't know if you guys have standardized testing here in the schools where they take tests to um, determine. I still don't know why. You know, I have children, but my children have to take this standardized test but if my child is an honor roll student but fell at this standardized test, they fell in school. So contingent to and studies has shown that lower-class African Americans, lower-class Latinos, lower-class whites, but at a high number of African Americans and Latinos— Based upon that standardized test, if you fail, they're building penitentiaries. They're not building schools or looking for tutors to help get over that hump, to help take that test. They're building jails for them because they already have in their mind, based upon fourth grade, when they take the test. If their absence are low and their standardized testing is failing, they're going to be Criminals.
0: Let's go back to genocide yes. because this
1: is really interesting. Yes. And the roots of
0: genocide. Mm-hmm. And so genocide is also a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. It's like a twin of violence, mm-hmm. right? And you're saying it starts very early. Mm-hmm. Now, would you define as lower class? Would you define as poor, people who are poor and uninformed?
1: would i said what, how would
0: you define you said lower class people poor yeah would you is that how you would define lower absolutely. class absolutely okay absolutely okay
1: so. absolutely that, that 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 attack is faced to lower class okay and and it's more defined to the african american class than even yeah. the latino then then follows the latino then follows the the white class. Yes, yes.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: uh, genocide
0: is a learned behavior, mm-hmm. and genocide is inflicted to African on African Americans very early.
1: Absolutely, and and you know, I know that I'm, we're here to talk about ceasefire Illinois and and what I do as a violence interrupter, um, I have a great deal of respect of hardship of all nationalities, like when the Holocaust jumped off and a lot of people lost their lives at the hands of the monster of Hitler. They got on top of that. They tried to right his wrongs, Hitler, They tried to make a better life and bring families to the United States. They tried to do all of that. I don't see that being done for the history of African Americans and to let it be known about why and where we come from and how it's set up and the design for us to fail. So that's why I worked so very hard to give the education. Because it was a movie that came out and it was under the regime of J. Edgar Hoover. So when we talk about Hitler and then we talk about J. Edgar Hoover, what is the difference? There isn't just nationalities but the behavior is the same
0: it's uh, it's violent discrimination it is so Amina Matthews the yes. violence interrupter yes
1: ma'am that is who I am that is so beautiful oh thank you very much it's a reflection that's all it is you're seeing a reflection in front of your face thank you of you thank you so,
0: in a, in a short way, tell us, what is
1: the work of a violence interrupter? It depends on what hat you're talking about. No, we wear, a, a, you know, the, 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 the definition really is, which I do wear many, many, many hats, and, and to each case of the crisis or the conflict or the mediation, there's difference Uh, that we deal with, my goal is to stop the transmission of violence from one person to another, to stop that. Because I know that if you and I have a problem and it gets violent, I know the only thing that you have to do is make a phone call to your people. And all I have to do is make a phone call to my people and a whole bunch of people will be outside defending both of us. And that transmission of violence will just not go to me and you. It will go to cousin, cousin, uncle, brother, husband, children. It will continue the cycle on. It will spread like a virus. It spreads just like a virus. So you're like a a doctor of violence? I, You know, if I can get that pay of that PhD, I would love to, but I... um, I would think that I would be a specialist of violence and interrupting the violence and to change the mindsets. I would like to look at myself as that antibiotic that some people have to take 10 days, some people have to take 20 days, 30 days, or maybe forever. But I'll be here for them.
0: Amina, what is the most powerful violence interrupter? Oh, wow, all of them are. Give us a few examples. Mm -hmm. You said being informed, being informed. For instance, all being them,
1: exposed. You know, all of them, whenever, sis, it ends up potentially into a homicide where someone will have to be buried or go to the penitentiary for the rest of their lives and they're 14 years old where they haven't expressed their mother's love fully. Because at 14 years old, I have a 14-year-old now, and he really doesn't understand exactly how much he loves me now. You know, that comes with wisdom, comes with time, it comes with experiences of us being together. So when a 14-year-old is killing another 14-year-old, that's traumatic to me. So anything, all of the circumstances, all of the conflicts and all of the mediations, all of the crisis that I've had to be involved in has all been very impactive. So it's not one that is greater than the other. It's still if a person loses their life. It's still devastating. So me stopping it is wonderful, and it's a good feeling. What
0: is the resource you find in yourself when you come face to face with a huge hurricane of violence? How do you get the intuition of what Mm -hmm. to do? Mm
1: -hmm. You know, it's just like, I, I don't know, you're mommy, right? Your mother, you yeah, have yeah, children. So mommy. it's like when you're in the grocery store and you, you know your child is in the grocery store, but you hear an, an, someone say, Ma, everybody turns around, right? Hi. What? <laughs> you know, so that's the way I feel. You know, it has to be done. Uh, and if I can be on that front end, right on the front line, to help educate that violence is a learned behavior and no one deserves to die because we have a disagreement, if I can get that across and save one life, my purpose is filled.
0: I've got one more question for you. Yes. Um, it was really interesting. You told the story of uh, this boy who uh, took the tests for high school and for college and got um, you got a call that he would get a... Um, full scholarship. It, a full scholarship, yes, thank four you. four years. And then when you went to see him in his mother and in him, there was an enormous amount of fear about leaving the situation. Does one feel afraid of leaving violence behind?
1: Well, you know, because it's like, uh, because I've been blessed and my children have been blessed to be exposed to things. So we have something to measure. You know what I mean? We have something to, you know, we, we know the difference between violence and nonviolence. Some people don't have that opportunity to know the difference between easy, breezy, laid back, getting an education, living your dream, working your dream. Some people don't have that opportunity. There's guys and girls that live in the city of Chicago. And they can stand on the corner of their block and they can see the Sears Tower. But have they ever been down there? Never. Mm -hmm. Ever. Mm -hmm. Some people have not had an opportunity to enjoy one of the five great lakes in the United States which is right down the street, which is Lake Michigan. I had got some guys in the car with me and we were taking them to a summit down at the University of Illinois Chicago campus where I work out of. And I was gonna take one route, but it was very, traffic was backed up. So I took the other route, which was going down South Shore Drive where you would see the lake on your white. And the guys in the back were saying, ask her, ask her. So I'm like, ask me what? I thought that they were going to ask, can they smoke a cigarette in my car? Mm -hmm. So I instantly said, no, you cannot smoke a cigarette in my car. They was like, no, Miss Amina, that's not what I want to ask. I said, well, what is it, son? He said to me, what ocean is that? Now, my children had a an opportunity to travel. Our children have their passports. We've been blessed to have something to know different.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For one moment, yeah. it took me back that this 17-year-old did not know that that was Lake Michigan. So I pulled over to the next exit, which was sitting on the rocks of the lake. And they started rapping off the top of their head on how happy they felt to see Lake Michigan and Sister Mina took them. And the police was not harassing them. And they really was happy that that happened. So people don't know the difference between, because they don't have anything to measure by. And that's why... It is my purpose to educate and not lecture, but to educate that we do deserve and we can have a better life. You just got to give yourself a chance and give me a chance. And that's why I do what I do. Bravo. Thank you so
0: much.